You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 471. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at the Amazon Prime video series, Outer Range. I was going to tell you about my MVA story on our first go-round, but uh, not now. Sorry. Oh, all right. uh, darn it. All right. So I had all these issues over the weekend with my uh, – it's not really a debit card, It's but it's a card, you know, you pop in the – atm and get cash and right. nothing was working so the, all right monday I'll, I'll go to my bank i'll take out a bunch of cash that i need and and then i'll go back and i'll try my card you know at the at the usual places so you know get my money at the bank go to a shopper's warehouse pop the card in works like a charm so whatever was going on over the weekend okay Except before I got there, I'm going down 140, and I see the red and blue flashing lights behind me. Oh, no. I'm like, okay. Johnny Law. Yeah, okay. I'm thinking like, all right, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm thinking like, last time I got pulled about two years ago, it was a taillight out. Right. So I'm thinking like, all right, probably the other one's out now. Nope. Uh, Do you know you're driving with an expired registration? I'm like, what? Um. He said, you've got the 21 sticker on the back. So, you know, give him my license registration. He goes and runs. He comes back. He goes, no, you're good. And I think what happened, you know, you do everything online. Right. They they mail you your new sticker. Yep. They must not have ever sent it or more than likely the post office messed up. Right. And, you know, you forget about it. You just assume it's going to come in the mail. So, all right, so fine. I'll go online figure out what i need to do there's no no options for what i need to do anyway so i go to mva which is down the road from my house you know where it is not too far sure appointment only. take their driver's test there right appointment only okay go home can't make an appointment for what i need to do i'm like you (laughs) must be effing kidding me so then i go back i'm like okay you know what i'm gonna at least go to the little desk there and like dude what can i do so I get there, it's packed, stand in line, get up to the window, tell him what I need to do. And uh, he says, you can do it over there at the kiosk. I'm like, yeah, but I can't wait for the stickers. He's like, oh, it'll print it out right there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm fairly yeah. smart as I know you are. And I'm sure. sure most of our listeners, it's like, how do people that are not smart navigate these websites that are crap? Yeah. Yeah, the MVA website is the Maryland, at least the Maryland Motor Vehicle Administration's website. I'm sure it's like this in many states, but ours is extremely. Of course, I have no you know experience with any other states. I just assume many places are like this. It's just completely like you said. It's labyrinthine. It's you. You just can be there for hours trying to figure out what you're supposed to. And, and God help you if you have to go back to something. Like if I find something on the MVA website, I don't close that window down for anything because I'm like, I'm never going to find this again. Well, that's what happened. Mary's like, I, I think I found what you need. And then she couldn't find it again. Right. And and, and, right. and again, as you know, I literally live like five minutes from the MVA. So, you know, that's just fortuitous in my case. So what do you do if, if I had to go to Glen Burnie or something like yeah, that? So, right. Anyway, that's my sad story, and I'm I'm oh, sticking to it. Well, I'm sorry to hear about that, man. Yeah. So, uh, any, I, anytime you have to mess with the NBA, it never t- turns out well. Yeah. So, uh, 
All right, well, let's get to the uh, what we're watching. And one of the things I, I keep meaning to mention over the past few weeks, it must have been the first year of the podcast. So probably back in 2012, maybe early 2013, we did a podcast about you know sci-fi women we love. Mm-hmm. Right. And and sorry, you hate us for that, but hey, you know, we love women. And it got me to thinking that I really fall in love easily <laughs> with female characters in some of the shows I watch. Yes, you do. And Melissa Roxburgh, who plays Detective Michaela Stone in Manifest, is my current love in All right. TV. But Olivia Munn's going to be very disappointed to hear that. Well, you know, she's not really in any shows we're watching these days. So, you know. It's on her then. It's on her, exactly. (laughs) And then, of course, Fred has to bring up Brave New World. Right. um, You know, in in his feedback. And Jessica Finley Brown, who who plays Lenina Crown, I mean, at the time. uh, Look, I was in love with her uh, in Downton Abbey. So, yeah. she was even better in, in Brave New World. But yes. anyway, so that that's my uh, other sad story. I also mentioned last time, Fred, in response to Fred's question about how I'm finding the Dutch language in that show, and I really ineloquently tried to explain something that I found fascinating about uh, their, their use of English in the show. And I'm watching it again, and I, I I jotted some things down. So, you know, I'm watching this Dutch show. There's a guy explaining how he got into a fight, and he's speaking Dutch, 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 Dutch. Shit happens. I'm like, okay, that's a good saying, though. I mean, you gotta admit that that it is. And then, you know, later, Dutch, 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 Dutch. We got him. Okay, I mean, well, I, that one's less. I understand, but that happens all the time where it's just these English expressions pop up. But anyway, Netflix, Pirate Gold of Adak Island. Now, I don't know if you ever watched the the show on the, the History Channel about the mystery at Oak Island. I've caught an episode here and there. Okay. And, and, you know, I mean, it's like nine episodes in and they found like a couple coins. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, and I, and I stupidly keep coming back. It's, so it's, Every time, it seems like it's just people like looking at houses that have been abandoned or something uh, like that, or, or looking down holes and stuff. It's not super compelling television. So but again, I w- I'm, I've only seen a couple of it since I'm not, I should really be judging it. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the history and, you know, they're, they're you know, factoring in the Knights Templar and that they buried their fortune here. I was like, okay, fine. Mm, now, sure they did. Right. Now, Adak <laughs> Island is is at the tail end of the Aleutians, and the military had bases there during World War II. So the thing here is they contend that, you know, some pirate uh, whaler uh, in, in the late 1800s eluded the you know the the uh u.s navy and buried i forget however hundreds of millions of dollars in gold there and the thing here is when the military was there there, there's this guy digging a trench to run cable or something and he finds a can of gold so there have actually been two finds Mm -hmm. and they figure some of these coins individually are worth a million dollars so you know there's actually something to this story 
And, uh, you know, but I know how it's going to end, right? <laughs> so eight we'll episodes. the credits. Yeah, <laughs> nice. 30 <laughs> minutes each, dropped about a week ago. So, you know, that. And then finally, I finally got around to the 2002 Steven Spielberg classic Minority Report starring Tom Cruise. Uh, okay. Have you seen it? Um, I saw it once and I can't watch it after that. I wouldn't because, um, the, in the beginning is, it, it happens right in the beginning. So I'll, I'll say is Tom Cruise's child is, is stolen. Yes. And his name is Sean. Oh, got um, it. Yep. When it came out, my oldest son, who's also named Sean, uh, was a child. And that scene just really hit me too hard. And I, I, I think I, I don't even know if I watched the rest. I think I did watch most. But it just like, and it just keeps popping up, and it was, you know, it was. I guess especially being a young parent um, and freaking out about everything about your kid, it just kind of hit me in a bad place. I'm just like, you know what? I I can't I can't even enjoy this movie. Yeah, I can't look at it, um, you know, in a you know objective format. So right. So that's kind of this one of those weird things about me, you know, that I I'm sure it's a it's a great movie, but I just couldn't really get into it yeah i'm not sure i'd attach the word great i mean okay. i mean i get it but it, it, it's it, it's not really my kind i mean it, it, it's part who done it it's certainly got the sci-fi you know moral ethical element to it which is cool there's no question there in 2002 it was probably amazing in 2022 it was so good much. i mean i enjoyed it but okay glad i saw it it's on a lot of people's list for important sci-fi movies but uh anyway i took way too much time what do you got that's that's fine so actually i got i'm not gonna talk about any tv shows at all though if you aren't watching westworld you are completely missing out i'm just behind i am watching yeah, it so you get caught up dude it's oh my god it's so yeah. good so um i have three movies i'm going to talk about actually so the first one uh thor love and thunder which I'm, I know you've already seen a couple times, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, I thought I'd give it a solid okay. It was pretty good. Uh, Taika Watiti, who is the director and, and actually wrote this, is probably my favorite filmmaker right now. And the night before we went to see this, we rewatched Thor Ragnarok, which is an incredible movie, in my opinion, the best MCU movie there is. And so I think having Ragnarok in the back of my head, having just seen it again, it kind of set the bar a little too high for for this movie. That was a pretty good movie, solid MCU movie, but just not quite up there with you know the, the previous Thor movie. But still had some you know funny moments, some good action. You know it was solid, um, but I, I you know not as good as Thor Ragnarok. Now the next two movies, Dave. Both of these movies, if you haven't seen them already, I would highly recommend that you see these movies, especially the first one called Archive. Have you ever seen Archive? I don't think so. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, and it is fabulous. It's such a good science fiction movie, and it's about artificial intelligence, so you'd love it. A lot of similarities to Ex Machina. Um, So it's a guy whose wife has died. And he's like kind of trying to recreate her, um, and he's making these robots. And he's kind of he has this thing called archive is like this 
this like I guess program I guess to call it that he can still talk to her even after she's dead. He can communicate with her because they they like I guess they digitize her consciousness or they did don't digitize. I, it's never really clear how it works. But the the thing is like somehow from this archive he's able to glean her consciousness from that. He's trying to put it inside you know a a robot body that looks like his wife and everything. And and so and so he's like working on it's like his third attempt. So it's just him and like the three uh robots that that he's created or artificial intelligences I guess uh whatever. And it's just a really 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 good movie. I loved it. You know like I I looked was before I read it, I was kind of like read some stuff online. Has I think it has a good Rotten Tomatoes rating. A lot of people saying ah, it's slow, it's boring, um, because it does take place in like basically one setting. It's really a, only a handful of cast members. I don't know if there's even ten people total in this movie. You know, I, if you're if you're looking for a like an MCU type movie, you're going to be very disappointed. But if you're looking at an extremely thoughtful, well acted, very tight, well written story. It's got it's it's really really good, Dave. I think you would really like Archive. Cool. And I've already been in love with Rona Mitra once before. She plays Simone in, in the movie. I just looked it up. Gotcha. So cool. Um, and the last one, which was also a really good movie, but I wasn't quite as much into his Archive. Was this old an older movie called Coherence, which is basically there's a a, a bunch of. And the pro- my main problem with it is it just the ca- the the cast is mostly just this very you know upperly mobile white privileged group of people who get together for a dinner party like right there I'm just like okay I have no interest in this at all <laughs> um, but they uh, a comet passes overhead and you know I, I can't really talk too much about the plot except to say the comet passing overhead causes a lot of crazy stuff to happen. So that's really all I'm going to say about it because I don't want to spoil more than that. But I know I haven't really sold it <laughs> so far with what I said. But it's really good because there is elements of like, well, I, can't, I don't even know if I can say what elements are in it. Some very good sci-fi elements, I would say. You out of, again, um, really just the one set location. There's others, but basically just the one. Um, only eight characters involved in it and those that that cat that's the whole cast is is these eight characters you know you kind of think you feel you know what's going on and then they keep kind of turning it on you and turning it on you and everything but it does a good job of like you know it's not hard to follow like there's some sci-fi movies that make it very difficult to follow um what's going on but this one it does a pretty good job of um especially through the main character of explaining kind of what's happening and everything. So, um, so I, I don't recommend it as highly as archive archive is it's a mess. It's a fabulous movie. It's so good. Um, that one is hot, but gets my highest recommendations. Coherence gets my slightly less enthusiastic recommendation, but still a good movie. And I think it was just, it wasn't even an hour and a half long. So that's good for you too. Dave. Yeah, no question. So, all right, good. Well, let's move on to outer range. Episode six of season one, titled The Family, written by Dominic Orlando, who co-wrote 105, and Lucy Thurber, who co-wrote 104, 
directed by Amy Simitz, released on April 29th, 2022. So at this point, who knows about The Void? Royal? Yeah. Autumn? Yes. Wayne? Yep. And now Billy? And now Billy. No, I'm not forgetting anybody, right? I don't think so. Okay. There, I mean, there might be some surprises out there, but as far as we know at this point, that's that's who knows about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and then that scene with Autumn and Billy at the void, again, we'll, we'll get to it in a few minutes. I, I don't know what to make of it, really. I can't even begin to know what to make of it. Uh, but well, and they're, they're like again, it's kind of like what they do is like the next scene. All of a sudden, Billy's somewhere else. Like that, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, like they don't transition. Like that's one thing that's kind of bugging me about this show is the transitions where we'll see Autumn in one place, and then next scene, it's Autumn in a completely different place. Like right. we just, ju- you know, and, and that's just I don't. Again, at the the end of this all, maybe I'll say, oh, okay. That's why they did that. Now it makes sense, but for right now, it's bothersome to me. But it's all of time, dude. Right. I I I get that. I get that. But you know, as far as uh, cinema or film, it's bothering me right now. So all right. Well, we got uh, several stories going on, and we've been talking about these episodes chronologically. But but some things really, I guess, got to me about the different storylines in this episode. And and certainly for me, one of them is Royal losing his grip and that opening scene, because the question she poses later, although she's pretty convinced she knows the answer, does Royal try to kill autumn? And if so, why we're we're taken back to the void. Royal has really, if, if you really look at it, all he did was just, he drove really fast on his quad runner right and it, but as fred points out where was he going because I, yeah right w- w- was he going somewhere to you know kill her and leave her body in this secluded area and then you know after she jumped off he had second thoughts uh, we don't really know and, and don't really necessarily know why he's so bent on on the one hand keeping his family in the dark well, they wouldn't yeah. believe it. Well, how do you know? Right. Well, and you know, ironically, he finally goes to tell Cecilia, and she's too busy stabbing herself with bare teeth. Yeah. To oh. to hear him, you know, she's just like, no, I want to be alone. So it's like that's a little that's an element of tragedy there. You know, I think that that's going to end up being a tragic moment, like a point where he could have communicate with her and whatever is going to happen to autumn or sorry autumn royal could have been avoided but uh because they of the lack of communication that i you know i don't blame cecilia because he definitely has started this he's the one who's been the uncommunicative uncommunicative one in the first place but it's you know it's kind of sad because he's ready to open up and she's like nah i just want to be alone i want to be alone with my bear well, yeah, again, we said last week, what's the deal with the bear? And, and I don't think we're any closer to having an answer at this <laughs> point. Um, it, it's almost as if she's punishing herself. We see she's got a, a severe crisis of faith, but she's also got a crisis within her own family. And you wonder if that punishing herself by cutting herself with the with the bear's teeth is because she realizes 
A, that she's lost faith in God, and B, that she's lost faith in her family, and I'm not sure which is more difficult for her to walk away from, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I'm thinking with this is that these animals that we see are like kind of like spiritual guides, like, and that they are somehow you know, leading them on to where they need to be. We got the buffalo that seems to kind of be representative for both um, Royal and Autumn. Wayne a little bit, but it's just the buffalo head. So, you know, like I said, the buffalo maybe. I'm not letting go of this is all just a big revenge ploy for the buffalo. He wants to just get at Wayne for killing him. I'm not, I'm not going to dump that theory just yet. I mean, I kind of because I know how ludicrous it is. Joy, her last name is Hawk. Last episode, she went to the bar and there was a hawk uh, sitting on top of the bar. So I think maybe that that's kind of like her spirit guide. And then, you know, the little dead baby bear is, I guess, what Cecilia's got as her kind of spiritual guide here. So maybe her, her you know, the, the Christian religion, she's kind of losing that, but uh, coming on this kind of this pantheist type of... Uh, religion. Well, how do we explain what happens to the county assessor who Royal threatens and who's God looking out for Royal again? Uh, okay, yeah, and you know he's driving down the road and swerves off the the road, and 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 while that's probably not going to put an end to Wayne going after the West Pasture, or you know in, in this case uh, Luke and Patricia, but. Uh, so yeah i mean i guess we have to to look at it in, in that regard there's nothing else that makes sense <laughs> and where we are saying that this buffalo watching out for wayne by standing in the way of this guy's car which how did the buffalo know his car was going to be driving right. down the road dude like I, I i'm not kidding the buffalo knows more about what's going on than anyone else in this show no right kidding now. no kidding but yeah, again back to that opening scene where she tells Royal she wants her necklace back. And of course we know that he's crushed it. And he says, Oh yeah, that's why I came here. So hop yeah, on. We'll go get liar, it. Liar, man. Like, why is he, why is he lying? Like, like right. this is the, Royal's driving me crazy, man. I don't like him. Yeah. And, and he only then tells her the truth after she jumps off and he goes back. I crushed your necklace and there was nothing in it. And she's like, that's not true. Yeah, and, a, a lie again. Right. And He's she's the like, worst. no, there's a mineral, and I think there's that mineral on your property. And it's important. Amazing things come out of the earth. If you come near my family again, I'll kill you. And and again, they won't understand. Well, take their asses out to the hole, and they'll understand. Right. They don't have to jump in. <laughs> but I, I think a perfectly concentric circle in the West Pasture that wasn't there before We'll get their attention. Sure. But maybe that's me. Yeah. Well, with all this attention the West Pasture's gotten, I'm, you're almost like surprised that you know, other people haven't found this. You know, ah, like, yeah. And then, you know, like, like just Perry saying, you know, WTF with the West Pasture, man. What is out there that's such a big deal? And just go check it out. Oh, look, there's a huge hole with this black, weird stuff in the middle of it. Right. That might have something to do with all the big hubba baloo. Now, is Royals act at her website just like an obvious attempt to get us to realize he's burning everything down in his life? 
and and yeah, I mean he can't really their campsite think, right. You said her website. I'm oh, like, what? Her website. <laughs> um, at, at her campsite. Yeah, at the campsite. Yeah, that's, well, again, like, Royal, seriously, dude? Like, man, you are, he is off the rails, man. Right. But, but here's the thing about that, because obviously he can't possibly believe simply burning down her tent is going to get her to stop, because it's not in any way, shape, or form, as we see in the, this episode. But as he's, lighting it on fire i don't know if you notice his face is illuminated by the fire and it's Mm -hmm. got this devilish quality to it and i don't mean devilish like you know impish i mean like Like diabolical exactly yeah yeah well and you know when they were playing cards right and he's like show me your feet yeah he's not playing with the devil and she says show me yours he's like no i'm good yeah right yeah so we get the uh Abbott's sitting down to yet another meal and you know this is one i I mean i don't want to say there's not a lot of action in outer range but there's not a lot of action dude this was an outstandingly choreographed fight sequence yeah that has its first part and we think it's going to be over and then it's not over and it's all precipitated by perry walking in announcing i confessed and it, it it's like what yeah and of course poor amy's like what are you all talking about right well and that's the thing because like that's like especially the the tension of the biggest tension for me was just like some like just out of this very violent explosion in the kitchen Someone's going to really get hurt. And I was worried it was going to be Amy. And she's lucky she only got cut on the forehead by a flying piece of glass. Yep. And I like her reaction. I mean, she doesn't say this, but we know she's thinking it in her 10-year-old mind. F you. I'm going outside away from you nutcases. And, of course, that's what she does. And she goes out and she's looking up at the stars. Cecilia is just horrified at what's taking place and and i think the acting the realism of the fight scene it just was outstandingly executed so especially it's taking place in this small enclosed space right so there's no way for anyone to escape the violence of the fight right you know everyone's embroiled it whether they're actively fighting or not and this is the family dinner table, the family kitchen where everything's supposed to be nice and 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 warming and welcoming and, and but it's, every, every now it ends up in punches. Yeah, it, it does. Happen. You know, it does. <laughs> you had brothers, right? So Well, just one. But, okay. uh, I was always I was four years older than him, so uh by the time he got big enough to defend himself yeah, you were out of there i was out of there yeah all right. so, he never lets me forget but uh now now the other thing in terms of a story autumn making her moves at this point and you know after hopping off of royals atv we see her struggling to get back to camp as that church service is going on and i mean that's one of the things that i mean obviously the, the major takeaway is how 
Sheriff Joy and her family are treated by that one deacon or whatever. I guess that's a Catholic church. I mean, it seems Catholic. I mean, it's not Catholic, but they do a lot of Catholic stuff there, man. I mean, it's word for word a lot of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. They did the they did the pass the peace. There's communion. I meant to look up. Like I know, like like the Episcopalians also do communion. I was wondering what other Christian religions did that, but yeah, there's a lot of Catholic elements to that. Right. So. I'm not sure how any of what takes place in that service applies to the rest of the storyline, except that we then get that later scene with Joy and Martha, who has had enough of her obsession with this case, which on the one hand, we don't get the idea that there are a lot of murders that take place in this community. Right. So as the sheriff, who's also running for the permanent job or, or, you know, semi-permanent or whatever. It's it's clearly important. Yeah. And to not understand that would be one thing. I think Martha understands that. It's the fact that you allowed yourself and us to be humiliated so yeah. you could win the election. Exactly. And they, as as Fred would say, to swallow, they had to hear you. Know, like, yes. Um, and to just to, to take it, to sit there and take that, um, where most other people, the minute this guy started talking, would have turned their back and walked straight out of that church. Yep. And been like, F this, no way are you going to, I'm not going to stand for that. So, you know, that's what I'm kind of going through this. And, and like, still after this episode, I'm still not really on board with this show yet, Dave. Okay. It's pretty good. I can appreciate it. I understand it is very well made, well written, but I just don't like any of these characters really. And Joy was the one before that we could kind of latch on to and say, you know what? She's okay. I like Sheriff Joy. But then we see she's willing to humiliate herself and her wife so she can get winning an election. Yep. And politics is, is part of it, right? It makes her like she can't be impartial, right? Because she she's beholden to other forces like the, the Tillersons. And she has to sit there and listen to some guy preach down at her. Like, first of all, did no one check with this guy before they let him up there? Did no one say, listen, dude, I, I know I know what you want to say, but you got to be nice. Let me. By the way, you're a Christian. What do you think you know, Christ would actually say about you getting up there and condemning these two for being married to one another, right? So let's just think about that for a second. And maybe let me just take a look at your little blessing before you say it, you know, let's edit that down and let's see, should you really say this or should you not, you know? Yep. yep. And ordinarily this might be the point where I would insert a real life politics comment, but I'm going to hold off on that. So I just, I mean, that, that, that is one time. Like I, when I I was in church and and the priest started railing on about this, I was just like, all right, kids, we're, let's go. We're We're done here. Yep. Let's go. I'm not I'm not having you listen to this. I'm not gonna listen to this. Yeah, you know, this is ridiculous. It's unchristian. It's yep. totally against anything that of the, the basic tenets of the religion. So yep. all right. So uh you mentioned animals, buffalo, uh autumn suddenly finds herself face to face with a very large bear who right. confronts her. She immediately goes to the ground. She does the absolute wrong thing. 
clearly terrible. If ter- you want to get mauled, that is exactly what you should do. Okay. See, I I didn't know and still don't know. I'll, I'll take your word for it. So I guess what? She should have run? No. That's even, well, that, okay. Maybe it's the second worst thing. Stare it um, down? Actually, yeah. You want to like kind of like, so I actually, because my, my sister, um, who is a uh, very an outdoorsy person, um, she was hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park and ran across a grizzly bear. And what you do is you just kind of hold your hands up and you kind of wave them to A, look bigger, but also the bear recognizes you as a human. Um, and then you just kind of slowly kind of back away as you keep your hands up, appearing as big as you can and waving your arms. Okay. Do not try to run because they're faster than you and it will catch you and maul you. Uh, do not flop to the ground because it will probably think you're something to eat and it will maul you. Oh, okay. So, you know, like look big, keep, keep it, you know, like, I don't know about making eye contact with them. That's probably, probably not, but try to look big, try to look a little threatening and just kind of back away and just kind of you and bear both agree to go your separate ways. Okay. Well, clearly this is Amy. I, I mean, autumn's spirit guide and the, uh, you see what I did there? Yeah, right. <clears throat> so, you know, the bear sniffs her. His head is like a foot from hers. The camera rotates 360 degrees until it puts its face inches from hers. And then she just says yellow. Yeah. Now, we've talked about yellow before sure. because of her jumpsuit and, and some of the other jumpsuits in that alternate universe or, or future universe we're still not sure exactly what it is and then the bear telepathically tells her to show him or a voice says show him right well i didn't see anybody else around so well we also know that autumn is also you know not necessary okay but to, to go with what i was saying before yes people the animals are important i think the animals are like kind of like spirit guides uh i i i that I don't know about the Buffalo Revenge story, but the animals as spirit guides, I'm definitely on board with that. Um, and where I said before, I thought the Buffalo, I, f- I completely forgot about the encounter with the bear. Um, so clearly this is Autumn's uh, guide is the live bear. Cecilia's got the dead bear. Right. Hawk's got the hawk. Wayne's got the Buffalo head and, uh, and uh, Royal has the, uh, the live Buffalo. Okay, that used to have two arrows in it. That used to have two arrows and now has one. All right, so I think maybe so, not even that one. Okay, so the the declaration to show him who's him. I mean, it's easy to say it's Billy because that's the way it turns out. But right, well, that's that's definitely how she interprets it, right? So you know, we we see that scene where you know Billy's in his camo gear. He's got his face paint on. I'm going to go take an elk for dad. Uh, okay and then he shoots it and he's tracking its blood suddenly he finds autumn standing there once again popping up out of nowhere and then i'm thinking like all right wait a minute is autumn did does she transform from an elk to a and then i'm thinking nah no i mean she's that's not bad yeah i mean she's bleeding but not dripping blood, you right? Know? And and you see, she's ba- you know she's tied up the the wound on her uh, leg with her bandana. But then she says, "I want to show you something," and, and she takes him to the void while telling the story of a young astrologer 
And this is where then their clothes and everything now has a red tint, which was really cool looking. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah, that, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, the astrologer trips and falls into a well. And we see them lying on the ground, looking up at the sky. What does any of it mean? I mean, you know, we, we, you know, the color red, we can associate with the poppy, of course, and, you know, sending the individual into some sort of uh, psychedelic experience. I mean, that's not really what we have here, but I don't, I don't know what to make of this. No, I, I really don't either. That was really, really weird. I mean, how do you expect to know what's in the heavens if you can't see what's at your feet? And of course, when she says that, you know, at his feet is the void. And, you know, now a fourth person is is aware of this. Well, and I also think that if you're going to start a cult, like a guy like Billy is definitely, you know, you want, he's easy to be your, one of your first converts, right? Sure. Like Billy doesn't seem like a deep thinker. Take him to a hole, show him some space dust or whatever that's in there, and boom, you, you're, the cult is now doubled in size. Right. I mean, she doesn't explain anything about it. Now, she does later uh, when, he, when she finds him in, his, in her bathtub, which was another great scene. Yeah. But, that, that, again, that camera shot of – the camera pulls out, and we see – just the two of them from behind as they're both looking into the void, he's already dropped his bow and and we can only imagine what he's thinking. And then again, as you mentioned, we cut from her being at the void to her railing at the pharmacist because she'll have to take the generic, Hey, it's only my brain. Um, All right. Um, (laughs) But you know, we, we hear her on the phone with someone your only job is to send me money and you know early on it's established at least on her end that that she has a trust fund so you know that's kind of like part of my theory that that autumn is adult amy and that we know that two years into the future they don't own the ranch anymore and and the assume that they had to have sold it and they would have gotten quite a bit of money so mm-hmm. you know I, I don't know but that's i i I'd still i'm liking that theory still yeah. yeah so she checks into the motel room call somebody i need to see you and again I, we're not sure who it is well it turns out to be perry and they meet at the diner and and she's still i don't know if she's taking her medication i want coffee well, it's like okay yeah. there are a lot of people like that in the morning but well, she said the generic meds really don't do it for her. we can see that that's yeah. definitely I, I guess what comes out of this scene is that a she's convinced that royal killed trevor and as she's telling perry that that your father snapped Perry's thinking like, well, no, he didn't. I did, but go right. go on, you know. And, and I get you. We're on the same wavelength, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Things are happening now that are connected to you, me, and Rebecca. That's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but then you know that's what causes Perry to to go and write the confession that he slides under the door of the police station, I guess. Right. And I guess on the one hand, then that's the right thing to do. Right. I mean, he did kill Trevor and he knows he killed Trevor. 
Right. So getting back to uh, Autumn and, you know, the, these cryptic messages she, she's throwing out there, uh, you know, I don't think she believes for a second at this point that Perry's her father and that Amy's my younger self. She's still, I don't think she has any sense of that being true. So, um, but then she finishes it off. I knew it would help to see you, Perry. Uh, this is a new beginning and she just walks out again. Right. Well, she says this is a new beginning. She says it like, I think at least three times. Yes. You know, so, I mean, obviously she really believes that, but, uh, but we know if, if what we saw with, uh, in Royal's vision when he fell through the, you know, the void, well, that's very accurate because, you know, that, that place there is completely different than the place we see right now. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure how Billy knew to go to that motel room. I don't know how he would have known that Royal burned down her campsite and that maybe she told him, hey, I'm in room whatever at the local motel. Uh, I, I guess maybe the the water's not working at the Tillerson Ranch, so he had to but, pop in there to take but, a bath. Right. This is what I'm talking about, though. People just show up places, right? Yeah. Like, they're just at one place, and now they're at a different place. There's absolutely zero narration or explanation as to, like, look, what you're saying. Why is Billy there? Oh, he's just there. Well, that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. So right now, again, and they're running out of time, really, to explain this stuff. But right now, like stuff like this just seems completely random and just like they're just doing stuff just to be weird, you know. But I assume it's going to make sense all at some point. But like this, it's just clearly you – know, just it's just weird. Well, and I guess one of the things that's still problematic for me is with only two episodes to go, I assume we're going to get some answers – but I wonder whether this is a show that's fairly certain it's getting a second season. I haven't read anything about it as we talked a couple weeks back, but it, it certainly seems to be progressing that way because otherwise I'd be like you pretty pissed off that so many plot points are left hanging at the end of the season. Now we don't know that yet, but I guess we'll see. But, she finds Billy naked in the tub and smiles. Is it death? He asks. It's time, Billy. It's all of time. Just sitting there waiting for us. So what does that mean? I mean, is it like kind of dark on steroids that, that <laughs> you know, you, you go in the cave, but if you take this, uh, this path, it leads you to 1953. If you take this path, it's 1986. If you take this path, it's to the future. Uh, you know, maybe it's something along those lines, except it's in, you know more infinite than uh, finite. The way dark seems to be. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, see, I mean again, it, just to kind of like compare, like as with like Westworld, right? We're in season. <clears throat> sorry, season four right now. Uh, we're four episodes into season four, and that fourth episode really gave us a lot of answers. It didn't answer everything, but it answered a lot of the questions that we've had from the previous three episodes. And like, I like that. I like throw me a bone every now and then. Don't just keep like they've just like so far. It's been six episodes. They've really 
have just given us very minuscule, and even the stuff that they give us is it's ambiguous, right? Right. So, um, you know, I just I kind of like getting answers. I, I, I'm not a person that can't deal with uncertainty. I can totally deal with uncertainty, but at, at some point, I'm just like, come on, let's oh, let's yeah, go. Sure. Yeah. I don't know about you, but on the one hand, I was totally surprised that Wayne leaves everything to Billy. On the other hand, that seems to be totally Wayne. Exactly. Well, and totally like this show, right? Yes. Does that make sense? No, it makes zero sense. If you had two two children and one of them was Luke and one was Billy, clearly the the kid you want to hand your stuff over to is going to be the kid who can manage it, right? Who, who's got a head for business, and that's Luke. Billy is the one who sings in the mirror in his underpants. Except that Billy would be the one that would believe what Wayne contends is out there and and would believe what Autumn has shown him. So That's true, too. Good point. But still. But but I mean, if you are a businessman and you want your business to continue and thrive with your children – you know, clearly, who's who? Who are you going to leave in charge of your your ranch? It's yeah, not but I'm not Billy, sure you know? Wayne cares about that. That's that's a good point too. Yeah. All right now, Patricia, on the other hand, talk about WTF moments. Oh my god! When they're talking Dude. to the lawyer. Um, oh, I thought when she freaking kissed her son right in the mouth. Oh yeah. Does that Fred mention like, that? No, I can't remember. He does. Okay, yeah. 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 I was like, wow, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, uh, Oedipus much, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's, still, she's all right. Yep. She's fetching looking older ladies. So, right. you know, I mean, you know, it's his mother. That's not, <laughs> Stop, know, stop. There's stop. that. <laughs> all right, so Joy goes to the DA, tells him she's ready to arrest Perry for Trevor's murder, and he's initially on board. He's not yeah, liking. Like, oh, sweet, great. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm not relishing going after the Abbots, but hey, congratulations. Whoa, whoa what? Uh, yeah. no way, Sheriff Joy. Yeah. So, you know, we're back to square one with that. Although the final scene, well, yeah, uh, it's just like, she just kind of tacked it on at the end. Well, there's this little thing where, you know, he'd been gone for like a couple days and, you know, like the coroner said he, and then she says, ah, the coroner's wrong. And he's like, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> like, right. no, that's, that's not going to play out in court even a little bit. Right. So, I mean, I guess it's then Perry's confession that, that leads her in that final scene to go out to the Abbott ranch at night and we assume arrest Perry for the murder and, and, you know, whether Rex we assume, but you know, I know, don't I know. know, well, maybe she's right. So who knows? But you know, the last thing I just wanted to mention in terms of things that happen in, in the episode and, and, you know, this would kind of go along with what you've been saying for quite a while now that, that the story with Rhett and Maria, what does that have to do with anything? That's a good question. And I don't, have an answer at all except that he is following in his father's footsteps and just lying his ass off to a woman that he contends he loves and has basically told him i love being with you i mean she doesn't say she loves him but you know it's probably not too far away from her saying that but she knows he's lying and she's not gonna stand for it so how that figures in i don't know 
Well, I, you know, I think part of it is that he has this, for him, getting out is a possibility, right? Sure. Um, just like it seems like it was for Perry. I shouldn't say is, but was, um, because it's something that he and Rebecca argued about. Um, so there's, these guys have opportunities to, to leave, to get out, to do something on their own. But as Maria points out, you know, you know, your family's just always going to pull you back. Like you're never going to be able to leave. And, you know, Rhett, who way more than Perry seems like someone who is completely out of place here and just wants to get out, wants to do his own thing, wants to spread his wings or whatever, um, but is completely unable to. So I think it's just like, I don't know if it's so much of a plot thing as a kind of like a character thing that, you know, we see this this young guy who who clearly wants to to break free, but just, you know, Maria has him nailed, right? Like, you'll, you're not going to do it. You're never going to go. Right. And, and I guess the irony, he's not the one that went away to college. He's the one that is a bull riding champion. So you would think it would be the other way around that, that he would want to stay and Perry would want to leave. But right. You know, although on the one hand, maybe it's just lip service that he wants to leave. So anyway, um, that's all I got. Anything else? Oh, there was. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, that, okay. So there is one little hole that uh, with your um, Amy is autumn thing because you had said that you know she's getting a trust fund. She would have had money from the ranch, but that's like in the future, right? So like it 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 doesn't kind of track because how does she have that money now? Ah, good point. Right okay. when she went. So I, I'm still kind of liking the. Autumn is Amy theory. I'm I'm still down with it, but I, I think that 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 idea of the the trust fund. Well, and, and I, I think what we ultimately I think we're going to find out maybe who was on the other end of that phone, and it might be someone that has something to do with everything that's going on. Okay, except she'd be about twelve when they sold the ranch. If we say the ranch was sold, you know, two years into the future. She, of course, can't inherit anything at age 12. So since, you know, her grandfather and and uh, father and uncle are all in prison over the, uh, you know, <laughs> so that she has to wait till she turns 21 or whatever to, so. Right, but, but like, how does she have that money now, though? Yeah, well. Because okay. she won't get that money for years to come, right? Um, and, well. and so, like, so how, is she, or is she calling, like, someone in the future saying, you know, put, give Doc Brown my money in the DeLorean, send them back here. Well, know? yeah, except all, you know, we just saw her walking in onto the ranch, carrying a backpack. We, you know, I think we said a couple of weeks back, well, where'd she come from? Did, right. did, did she come right. out of the void? Yeah. So we don't yeah. know, but. Uh, we don't know. All right. What else? Um, well, I, I do want to retract kind of like the, the last, um, it, it's been, I've been thinking about this a lot. I know I suggested that. Because Perry went to college, then he why is he working for his dad? And I think I even said something like, "This is the job that requires college education." And uh, the more I thought about it, I was like, "Well, that's that, that's a very dismissive thing for me to say." A and B, pro- like not true because there's you know while there there are a lot of practical elements, some things you learn like you know how to fix a fence and how to to lasso a bull or and how to herd cattle. That stuff you can't learn that in college um but things like 
you know, management of the land um, or better business management, things like that, certainly would help them be a better business. And those are things he could have learned in college. It might have gone just to, you know, learn those things to, to be, a you know, to make the ranch, to bring it into the 21st century, which I think you had mentioned the other day. Uh, it looks like they could use because, like, like I said, I don't you think we even see them have a computer at, at their home, right? Right. And everything. So so I just wanted to kind of like apologize for that because uh, I didn't mean to insinuate that ranching is in some way not something that, uh, like if you go to college, that ranching is beneath you. That's not, I, I didn't mean to say that at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stop. There. It's a good thing we don't have any <laughs> listeners in Wyoming. But well, we might, you we know. Might. So I, I just I, I don't want to. I, I just don't kidding. want to yeah. um, to to you know anger them. And, no, and absolutely. Seem like I'm yep. I'm some East Coast snob who's dismissive of of people who who work for a living, and that's certainly that's an awesome thing. All right. Anything else? Yeah, I think okay. I think I'm good. All right. Well, let's get to the listener feedback, and we'll hear what Fred's got for us, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Outer Range Season 1, Episode 6. It's a bit confusing because I just listened to your podcast of Episode 4, but since you're one week ahead of recording, I can't say coming back to last week's podcast, as I usually do. So that must be about two podcasts ago, so about episode four. Not good to hear that you contracted COVID, Wayne, but as in the podcast about episode four. It seems that you're doing fine. I hope you are not getting any long-lasting effects of it. I know too many people with long COVID-like symptoms. Another thing you were mentioning in the episode 4 podcast was the darkness of the series. And you were also referring to the fact that once you put two dark screenshots in the blog post, and I had a remark about that, and you had to brighten up the screenshots. And I was thinking, which series was that? And first I thought it was Jonathan Frakes and Mr. Norrell, or it was The Hunting of Hill House. But then finally I found it. It was actually the second season of Dark, and that was mid-2019. If you look back, you actually did quite a lot of dark series. Because, for instance, Impulse was neither a very bright series, and Tribes of Europa wasn't, and Lost Girl could be quite dark sometimes as well. Brave New World was certainly not a dark series. I liked that a lot, with its bright, shiny settings. Really nice. Such a pity it only got one season. Another thing you discussed in the episode 4 podcast was me saying that Olivia kept the family together but also was swallowing between air quotes all kind of stuff. She just accepted Royal's misbehavior for too long. I don't know if that's an expression in English. So to swallow if you accept everybody else's bad behavior. Or was it just Wayne's dirty mind speaking here? You were also discussing the time that Trevor is dead, that the coroner said 10 hours, although he was gone or missing for 8 days. 
I think that 10 hours could fit from the moment he died. So the moment that Perry crushed his trachea and the time that Royal needed to put him in the hole. And added to that the time he was laying on the mountain until Amy found him. And that could be quite the 10 hours. Okay, going into episode 6. Whoa, one crazy episode. A lot of crazy stuff. Starting with the fact that Royal took Autumn with him on the quad. Where did he go? What was his plan? Well, she jumped off, so we won't know. But what was he actually planning to do? And then all the stuff she told him, and he didn't want to hear it. He he is a kind of, I think, ignorant. Things he don't understand, he just doesn't want to hear. He's in a kind of denial and wants to stay there. It's actually what he said in his prayer during evening meal a few episodes ago. And what is this about Autumn cutting herself, the family brand of the abbots, into her breast? And because she lost all her possessions, she called somebody to send money, etc. Who is that? And she adds, this is the only task you have. So is that the kind of lawyer or something like that, trust fund, person, whatever. And then there is that crazy thing with Olivia in the barn, where she inflicts herself with the stuffed bear uh, that he bites her so-called in her arm. What's about that? Why does Wayne leave everything to Billy? Is it really that he thinks Billy should do this? Or is that just an action against Patricia and Luke? Patricia sees a very capable person in Luke, but her their relationship is a bit weird. Uh, she kisses him goodbye, but she kisses him fully on the mouth. I think, mm, what? I always found the American system of elected sheriffs a bit crazy. And it's exactly what you see here, because they are so much influenced by their re-election. And in such a job, I think you should be objective and independent. But I understand on the other side, it's also a powerful position. So if you have a wrong person there, how do you get rid of them if there is no election system behind it? Well, I think if somebody really dysfunctions, you still have the possibility to fire somebody. I think because of the election, uh, Sheriff Joy cannot really do her job as she wanted to. And it even influences her relationship with her partner. Although she's actually a strong person and doesn't let that influence her too much. But I could imagine other sheriffs who would let them being influenced by this much more. And at the end of the episode, it is the same as two episodes ago, that she goes with her flashlights towards the Abbott Ranch to probably arrest Perry. One other crazy thing, but also a little funny, is Billy landing up in Autumn's bathtub. I know he's a little weird, but this? Well, she's a little weird as well, and I think she can see the humor in it. Okay, time's up. Greetings. All the best, Fred from the Netherlands. I already mentioned Fred bringing up Brave New World and making me revisit my love affair with Jessica Brown Finder. But uh, anyway. Now, well, also, like you mentioned, uh, Jonathan Frakes and Mr. Norrell. <laughs> nice. That was, that was a nice little uh, Freudian slip there. I think that's a better title, actually. Yeah, and, and we know Fred's a, a huge Star Trek fan. Yes. Uh, and Fred, you, you bring up uh, Wayne's swallowing reference from last week. And yes, 
that was Wayne's dirty mind. So. Yes. Well, it's also not really, it's not a thing in English. That's, that's not like a, that's not a saying stop, in stop English. Stop now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, mostly it was yeah, dirty mind. Yeah, but uh, the, the last thing I want to bring up about Fred's feedback, and, and it really strikes me. I mean, number one, I didn't think about it at all. But is leaving everything to Billy and act, you know, on, on Wayne's part, you know, against Luke and against Patricia? Um, clearly, he had an acrimonious divorce with Patricia. He must know that she's got a much stronger relationship with Luke than with Billy. So I'm going to go ahead and leave everything to Billy and F her. But I, you know, like when, the, when she got there, like Billy was the one who went up and hugged her first. Luke didn't even Luke stayed back. Yeah. I was like, if I get anywhere near her, she's going to try and kiss me on the mouth. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, you know, it's not like she wouldn't be able to manipulate Billy to get what she wants. So, you know, I don't know. Like it's, it's an enigma. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else about Fred's feedback? Well, just thank you uh, for you know, asking about um, my bout with COVID, Fred. I, the only lingering issues right now, like my sense of smell and taste, has not a hundred percent returned. I feel like it's coming back a little bit, but it's not. But there's some good things about that. Like today, my wife and I were watching an episode of Umbrella Academy, and she looked at me and she's like, "Ah, oh, you smell that?" I'm like. Nope. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't I even the, want to ask. Well, the dog let one fly. Oh, okay. It wasn't me. It was the dog. And I'm not blaming the dog. It really was the dog. Okay. I assume. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> smell it. So I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Can't help you out there. So, All right, Fred, thank you. Scott checked in again this week, and he says, first of all, a general comment about the show. I've always enjoyed shows and movies where the local sheriff has to take on something that's well beyond his or her training for the sole reason that he or she's in charge of the town. What's prepared Sheriff Joy for disappearing mountains, prehistoric animals showing up, and whatever's going to come across her path in the coming episodes? I get the instinct to call the police when you think you see a mountain disappear, but <laughs> what's Sheriff Joy supposed to do about it? There's no training for that sort of thing, but somehow it falls under her jurisdiction. Like the Chamber of Commerce guy asking Joy what she plans to do about the Mastodon. How is that her problem? Don't know, but it is. <laughs> and it's the same thing with Chief Brody in Jaws. Sure. What does he know about catching a 25-foot great white shark? Hey, doesn't, plenty, Scott. Right. Chief Brody knows plenty. <laughs> doesn't matter. He's the sheriff. Chief Hopper in Stranger Things, portal yeah. to another reality opens up within his town limits. Get on it, Chief Hopper. Uh, there's some great examples, Scott. That you know, really are we sure Scott's not an English teacher? I mean, with these cultural illusions. He, he should be. He you should know, I think be. You need to have him join the dark side. Yeah. Uh, he says, I just finished watching episode six and felt like this episode was more about transitioning to the final episodes of season one. We get a few questions, but no answers. Yep. Next, he continues with Sheriff Joy knows Rhett and Perry are responsible for Trevor's murder, but unless she can find a satisfactory explanation about why Trevor appears to have only been dead for a few hours, but he was missing for several days. Uh, yeah, problematic, as we talked about before. Uh, she's going to have a tough time pinning this on the Abbott boys. Not to mention Trevor's body was found out in the middle of the woods, and there appears to be no evidence that someone moved the body. I know Sheriff Joyce says there was a hard rain, but even she does not seem to completely buy that 
explanation, right? And that also goes like how she just kind of, as she's walking out the door, she's almost like, oh, yeah, there's this one other thing about the coroner's report, but ah, you don't need to worry about it. You know, like, it's almost like she, and, and the DA is just like, wait, what? Like, no, that's a deal breakers. Sheriff Joy is in a tough spot. If she does not solve Trevor's murder, it will probably cost her the election. If she arrests the Abbott boys and it turns out there's not enough evidence to convict them, it will probably cost her the election. Uh, the elections provide a nice dilemma for her character. What would she be doing differently if she did not have to worry about the election? It seems to be getting uh, in the way of her better judgment, and we talked about that uh, during the thing, that absolutely, um, like you said, it turned a character who I admired and liked before into one, like, not so much anymore. Yeah, um, and, and you know, when Scott brings up about what she's supposed to do about the disappearing mountains and the mastodons that apparently have appeared in this cave, Trevor's murder doesn't seem quite as important. So will she have to face those dilemmas before she finds herself in court making her case about uh, the Abbott boys being responsible for Trevor's murder? So he goes on to say, interesting that Wayne will have everything going to Billy. In the previous episode, there was a conversation between Billy and Wayne where Billy asked Wayne if he would want revenge in the event that Wayne was killed. And Wayne replies, yes, I can't help but wonder if Wayne has seen the future and knows it's Billy who does right by him. Well, okay, that's interesting. I mean, we 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 kind of know what well, we know that Wayne knows about the void now, as we said you know, last week or the week before, does he remember seeing it as a young boy? And as yeah. I said then, I, I don't know how he couldn't, but. Right. Well, it seems like he totally does. Um, and, you know, did he go through, did he, did he see, did he, did he jump in and see things of the future yeah. that he's trying to engineer? Right? right. And, and we know all you have to do is run and jump back in and you, I don't know that you necessarily pop out where you originally started, but maybe right. we'll find out. Uh, lastly, Carl, the county assessor, is definitely on the take. His car's way too nice. No way he's <laughs> able to afford that on a county assessor's salary. I think it's right. a, like a 67 Mustang or something like that. If no, I no, it's a nice car, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, Carl doesn't even bother denying when people accuse him to his face of taking bribes, you know, so... Yeah. Well, and that's actually a question. It's like, if he, you know, if he dies or if he's out of commission because of this car accident, well, then we assume the hearing is going to go forward with the county assessor who's not in the Tillerson's pocket now. Right. Right. So, so. all right. Anything else about uh, Scott's feedback? No. That was uh, good, good feedback, Scott. Thank you once again. Okay. I know it's going to pain you to hear it. No, I, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going A-. minus. I like this episode a lot. I feel like they gave us a lot of information. Maybe not some obvious answers, but. Yeah, um, I think, again, I can't, I can't give it anything in an A at all. I, okay. The best I can do is B+. Plus. Okay. Um, I still, again, like I said, all the elements are there. It's there's some the the shots I can see are beautiful, uh, the acting is outstanding. The, the cast is so good for this this show. It's it's crazy. The writing is 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 very good though. But I just like I said, I'm just like kind of 
I think now I might be a little frustrated just watching the show and just wanting to a little bit more clarity on what's going on here. And so, like I said, this is all kind of like, depending, like at the end of this, I might say, you know what? Everything I said before, just cross that out because, uh, you know, now that we've seen the, the whole scope of the season, then, you know, now I get why they did what they did previously. Now that we've seen the future. Right. Um, you know, the one now that scene, we jumped through the void. Right. The one scene we didn't bring up that's kind of important is when Autumn's in the bathroom at her motel and she literally brands herself. Oh, yeah, oh right. How do we? Oh, my God. How do we not mention right, that? With the Abbott A. Yeah. So, right. I mean, from a selfish standpoint, I I feel like that supports my theory a little bit more. Now, granted, you could argue, well, look, we know she's got problems, right? She takes medication for whatever. Was that voice that she heard tell him just you know, a product of her her own mind or was the bear telepathically sending her that message uh which makes more sense um so it's conceivable that that she has glommed on to the abbott family and like it or not i'm joining your family see i've got the brand right well we we also said that there's like because like this brand is in like the rock and everything yeah um so that there's something to this right like it's it goes beyond just the, the, the family symbol, that there's something more to it. So part of it is, yeah, it's something that inspires women to carve it into their breasts. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, that's all I've got. Any final thoughts or you want to head on yeah, out of I, here? I, I think I think I'm good. Okay. Um, just real quickly, you know, because we've always tried to support our fellow podcasters do you think they're going to let Steve Bannon podcast from prison? <laughs> um, hopefully no. <laughs> doubtfully too, probably. Oh my God. All right. Anyway, I'll stop there. Uh, <laughs> that will do it for this episode of sci-fi TV rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about out of range, anything going on in your genre TV world. If you want to send us an email, it's sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Our website, sci-fi-tv-rewatch.podbean.com, is, is how you can check out the past catalog. We'll be back next week to talk about Episode 7, the penultimate episode of Outer Range. But until then... You know, Dave, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm going to do wondrous things.